I've been thinking about constructor theory a lot in the past few years. Um, and uh, so constructor theory is this theory that David Deutsch proposed. Um, and it's a proposal for a new fundamental theory in, in to formulate science in a completely different way uh, from the prevailing conception of fundamental physics. And uh, it has the potential to change the word we, the, the, the way we uh, formulate science because um, it's a new mode of explanation. And uh, what I mean by that is um, that, so when you, when you think about physics, you usually describe things in terms of initial conditions and those of motion. And uh, so what you say is, um, for example, where a comet goes, given that it started in a certain place and time. Um, but actually, in constructor theory, what you'll say is what transformations are possible, what are impossible, and why. And the idea is that you can formulate the whole of uh, fundamental physics this way. And uh, so not only you say where the comet goes, but you say where it can go. And um, this incorporates a lot more than uh, what's actually possible to incorporate now in fundamental physics. And so David and I have been working on this together for the past three years, and we've been applying it to many different problems. And uh, so far, the two completed um, parts of this, uh, you know, trying out constructor theory to see whether it can solve problems, are a fundamental theory of information within physics and um, a, the constructor theory of life, which is applying this new theory of information to a fundamental pro problem that's in, you know, in boundary of, in between physics and biology and has to do with how are certain features of living things, such as the ability to self-reproduce very accurately, um, compatible with the laws of physics as we know them. And uh, so I think in these two cases, you can, in both cases, you can see how switching to this new model of explanation allows you to change the perspective and address the problems um, in a much more effective way. And these are two examples where actually it makes all the difference switching to this new model of explanation. So take information, for example. Um, information so is something that we use in our everyday mm, speaking, and also we use it in physics a lot. But, um, for instance, we, we, we assume that information has certain properties, that it can be copied from one physical system to another, um, and other properties. But so far, um, well, we, we didn't have a um, fundamental theory telling us what are the regularities in nature which allow the existence of information in this sense? But actually, whenever we talk about information, we refer to those regularities. We assume that the laws of physics um, allow copy processes, for instance. And uh, so in constructor theory, you can, you can express these regularities, and this is what our theory does. So our way of incorporating information in fundamental physics is by formulating 
what are these regularities in nature that allows mm, allow the existence of information? And um, so to see how switching to the formulating science in terms of possible and impossible tasks is crucial to solving this problem, uh, you can consider what happens when you try to say that something contains information. Um, the fact that something contains information has to do with the idea that you can swap that thing with something different. So it's, a, it's what philosophers call uh, a counterfactual property of the object. Uh, it has to do with what tasks you can perform on the object. Uh, that is to say, you can swap it with something else. Uh, so if you think of a flag, you can, you know, it brings information only if you can swap it with a flag of a different color to signal. And this idea was not expressible in terms of initial conditions and laws of motion, but it can be expressed in terms of uh, possible and impossible tasks and as an intrinsic property of the flag of the object. So this is a, uh, an example of how switching to this mode uh, of explanation can address um, a fundamental problem in physics. Um, then there's a question, uh, so this is classical information, but we know that there's uh, something more, what we have been calling quantum information. And uh, it's very interesting that in this constructor theory of information, you can relate in an exact way the notion of quantum information to that of classical information. And so you can, you, you have a unifying framework where you can describe both. And this is very promising because um, we've been searching for, for, for example, we've been searching for this uh, theory of the, uh, you know, we've been searching for realizing the universal quantum computer uh, for a long time now. And um, one of the reasons why I think we haven't yet succeeded in, in finding a way to implement that is that we do not have a mm, good understanding of how quantum information is related to classical information. But we don't have an exact expression for that. Actually, we didn't have. And um, now, if we have a theory where we can talk about in a unified way uh, about quantum information and classical information, then there's a way of relating the two exactly. And so there is a way of uh, understanding better what are the properties of the universal quantum computer that we want to realize in the lab. So. That's also, you know, this could inform the search for the universal quantum computer. That's also a very interesting thing. Um, then, uh, the idea of information is also very central to life. And this uh, is the other example of how constructive theory can address certain problems that have been um, considered problems for long. Um, so, if you look at something like a bacterium, uh, well, physicists uh, have been uh, particularly impressed by the fact that it's capable of performing tasks to a very high accuracy, um, retaining the property of doing so again, and also, so this is very much like a, a car factory, for instance, 
but the bacterium has also another property that is to say it can create a copy of itself and that's very uh, actually it can construct a new instance of itself and uh, that's a property that is very specific to life as we know it and so one might ask whether such entities like bacteria and so forth uh, that are fundamental to uh, biology are compatible with the laws of physics as we know them or whether they require something more than the laws of physics as we know them because the laws of physics uh, are um, you know quantum physics and general relativity and so forth they are very um, that they contain ref they refer only to elementary things like quarks atoms and so forth they don't contain um, self-reproducers let alone accurate ones and uh, so, so in fact Wigner uh, had this problem and he proposed a, an argument according to which we should complement the laws of physics with some new designed ones to accommodate for properties like after self-reproduction. And uh, well, if you uh, apply the uh, tools of constructor theory to this question, is an accurate self-reproducer like bacterium possible under the laws of physics as we know them, laws of physics that don't contain the design of biological adaptations? Well, not only you see that uh, Wigner's uh, reasoning uh, was uh, misled by using the prevailing conception of fundamental physics to address this problem, but you also see that constructor theory in which the idea of something being possible or impossible is um, a natural statement um, can address the problem very effectively. And you can also use the uh, theory of information that I was describing before to tackle the question. And it turns out uh, that, yes, uh, what a bacterium does is compatible with laws that don't contain its design. And um, the, the only requirement on the laws of physics for that to be possible is that they allow for information in the sense that I was saying before. They allow for those interactions like copying-like interactions to be um, possible. But copying-like interactions that are not designed for a bacterium to undergo self-reproduction. So very non-specific interactions, elementary ones. And the key to the way a bacterium performs its own self-reproduction is the same as to, um, I mean, is the same as uh, the key to the way a car factory constructs a car. Um, in both cases, there's a recipe, a bit of information, uh, that has the ability of directing a construction process, of um, causing a task to be performed, because it contains the knowledge about how to perform it. Um, in the case of the bacterium, it's the DNA sequence in which the bacterium is um, described. And uh, in the case of the car factory, is the sequence of elementary steps to assemble a car out of elementary components. And uh, now, this particular kind of information is uh, this sort of recipe, um, can also have an exact characterization in constructor theory, because it's information that can act as a constructor, as an object that 
can cause transformations and retain the property of causing them again. And um, so all these elements that I've just mentioned, information, knowledge, are emergent things that in the prevailing conception of fundamental physics would not have a natural expression um, because you, you would have to talk about um, many atoms doing certain complicated, uh, undergoing certain complicated transformation in some phase space. While in constructed theory, they are natural objects. They are the, the, the simple objects of the theory. I mean, they are um, the very elements uh, by which the theory uh, expresses itself. And uh, so these are examples of how constructor theoretic um, devices that are new to physics um, can address problems that have been unsolved so far. And um, so that's very promising, I think. What are the fundamental ideas of uh, the prevailing conception of fundamental physics that would be impacted by constructor theory? Um, well, the first thing to say is constructor theory accommodates certain things that the prevailing conception uh, has been handling very well, and uh, so it's a proposal to go beyond that, but not to contradict it. Um, yet it also um, has a radically different um, uh, perspective on things, because um, as I said, in the prevailing conception, the uh, fundamental objects are the laws of motion and the initial conditions of our universe. In constructor theory, on the other hand, the fundamental ideas are transformations that are possible and impossible and explanation of why they are possible and impossible. So, um, and it, it turns out that under our laws of physics, in order for any transformation to be achieved, um, knowledge must be brought about in order to make that transformation performable to higher and higher accuracy. And uh, so knowledge, which um, is uh, a causal sort of information, and information with a causal power that has the ability of remaining instantiated in physical systems, is a highly emergent object because uh, it, it can't be just handled in the, in the prevailing conception of fundamental physics while in constructor theory it becomes one of the central objects. So it, it becomes fundamental because it's the, uh, the way uh, accurate transformations can be performed in a world where the laws of physics are simple and do not contain any design. Um, I mean, they don't contain design of those transformations. So here's an example of uh, a change in perspective. And uh, this is a, also an interesting uh, take on, you know, uh, the idea that, well, humans are knowledge-creating systems. So um, one of the ways knowledge can come into the world is by natural selection, uh, out of no knowledge, and another way is by humans creating it. So it turns out that in the constructor theoretic view, humans are, uh, humans or knowledge-creating systems are quite central to fundamental physics. Um, but in an objective way and not anthropocentric way. Um, so this is a, f a very deep change in perspective. And uh, I think one of the ideas that will be dropped if constructors here turns out to be effective is um, that the only fundamental entities 
um, in physics are laws of motion and initial conditions. Of course they are, but um, there's, in, in order for physics to accommodate more of physical reality, um, there needs to be a, a, a switch to this new mode of explanation, which uh, accepts as a scientific explanation more than uh, predictions. So the idea of prediction will be um, will be complemented with the idea of uh, statements about what tasks are possible and impossible, and why. One question might be: What sort of uh, how how do you test um, constructor theory? Well, so uh, constructor theory is uh, has a status that is that of uh, underlying. Um, theories like quantum theory, uh, general relativity, and uh, possibly others, maybe better ones. Um, so it's more fundamental than those, and uh, it underlies them. And the way it does so is by being a theory of principles. So it expresses statements that are of the form, uh, uh, well, they are a bit like the principle of conservation of energy, uh, statements that constrain um, theories and so in fact some theories are just incompatible with constructor theory with its principles. So one way it could be tested is um, the, take one particular principle of constructor theory for instance that of uh, the uh, interoperability of information that has to do with um, the very fact that information can be copied. Um, now that principle might imply that there must exist certain particles which we don't know yet about but they are necessitated for this principle to be obeyed by our best current fundamental theories. So this would be a way in which um, constructor theory could be tested because then you could test whether or not such particles could exist and so in other words, more, I mean more generally the way you test constructor theory is the way in which you test principles. Yes, constructor theory is quite radical, and so one might wonder what sort of um, um, what are the ideas in the um, established way of doing physics that are threatened by constructor theory. Or um, so I think there's not such thing as threatening like uh, existing ideas. So I, I see more like a complement, um, but. If you want to consider what are the um, uh, ideas that constructors here would possibly replace, if, if uh, it turns out to be um, effective, as I said. Um, so there's a tendency to, um, towards um, doing physics, well, to considering physics as applying to a narrow set of things. Um, particles and, you know, uh, um, elementary interactions and so forth. And uh, in regarding a scientific uh, explanation as valid, only if it uh, is expressed via predictions. And um, this is part of the reasons why uh, we, you know, part of the scientific community has still problems with quantum theory and also um, part of the reasons why uh, Darwin's theory of evolution, for example, is not considered by some as a satisfactory scientific explanation, uh, because it doesn't predict the existence of elephants at time t in the universe. Uh, 
yet it does explain how they come about from simple initial things. So I think uh, if constructor theory turns out to be um, to, to work, um, the, uh, this narrow view of physics uh, will have to be dropped. And um, this is something that mm, reductionists are not very happy about. And um, uh, so I think that's, um, that's actually quite a challenge for us to, for David and me, for, to, to um, you know, uh, show that there are problems, scientific problems, that can be addressed by constructors here without resorting to predictions. For example, um, this whole issue of uh, what it means for information to be physics. Um, we've just come up with this proposal that what it means is that there are interactions and regularities in nature which allow the existence of information to be, you know, in the, in the world. And uh, uh, a way to go about and expressing those is by using constructor theory. And it turns out to be the only effective way because um, these, these properties of uh, nature that we are conjecturing uh, are counterfactual properties and they, they must be expressed in terms of possible and impossible tasks rather than in terms of predictions. Another example is uh, the mode of explanation of uh, Darwin's theory, I said, because um, in Darwin's theory of evolution, uh, you do explain the existence of the appearance of design in the world uh, without the existence of a designer, uh, without the existence of an intentional design process. Uh, but you do not do so by predicting the existence of such entities because if you could predict them with some probability, that would that might mean that in fact you you have designed the laws of physics. So what you actually do is you explain how it is possible that they can arise in our world, and that's a different perspective. It's a constructor theoretic way of explaining things. And even von Neumann, when was thinking about um, self-reproduction. Um, he pioneered the idea that self-reproduction must occur in two steps um, by first copying the what we call now the uh, DNA uh, sequence that codes for the organism and then by executing the recipe that's inside the DNA to construct a new instance of the organism. He didn't use predictions, the, the mode of explanation by predictions in order to explain this. He used a computational, sim a computational model to simulate uh, this, this process. And because he had a, an understanding that this was a, fundamental, a fundamentally different question from one that you would answer by only making predictions. So the bottom line is there's a whole um, set of issues that are perfectly um, you know, there are scientific questions uh, that cannot be answered by predicting things. And uh, I, I think that one of the proposals that are implicit in what David and I are doing is that um, it's uh, fundamental for physics to tackle those questions. And therefore, it's a fundamental thing to go about and search for different uh, ways of addressing problems in fundamental physics and constructor theory is a proposal for that.
So far, um, we've had uh, we, there are two papers that are uh, that have been completed, and one is on the constructor theory of information, and the other one is on the constructor theory of life, and they are uh, available in the archive. And um, there's more to come because uh, we are um, um, writing a few popular articles. We actually have one in New Scientist. And um, uh, we are planning to apply constructor theory to other problems in fundamental physics. And uh, one is uh, this idea of... Um, how do you make sense of probabilities in, in fundamental physics? So probabilities have been um, a hard concept to pin down, and also they are uh, fundamental to certain way of looking at quantum physics. But uh, actually, quantum physics is a deterministic theory. So uh, one question is uh, how how does one connect? the testing of quantum theory, which uh, one way or another relies on the idea of probabilities with the fundamentally deterministic structure of quantum theory. And this question has been tackled in different ways, but there's still a controversy about that. Um, and we are hoping to apply constructor theory to this issue in order to sort it out. And then uh, uh, there's also this interesting object that's called the universal constructor which is um, uh, something that uh, can perform all tasks that are permitted by the laws of physics. It's a bit like the generalization of the universal computer, but it doesn't perform only computational tasks, but also uh, tasks on physical systems. And the question is, is it possible, given the laws of physics that we know, and um, what's its minimal instantiation? Is it uh, very small, or what? So. Those are questions that we are thinking about uh, as potentially, you know, as, as the ones to which constructor theory might make a difference. Um, actually, constructor theory was uh, originated as, um, as a, uh, I mean, initially it was conceived as a generalization of quantum computing. Actually, it turned out to be much more than that. Um, but there is, as I said, some um, very promising um, trait of this theory of information that we have uh, constructed, uh, which could ap be applied to understanding issues such as what is the thing that uh, makes a quantum computer uh, powerful as it is. The, there is a controversy about this issue. Um, if, you know, is it entanglement? Uh, what sort of entanglement? Um, and uh, there's also a difficulty at the moment in expressing what entanglement means in terms of uh, information theoretic concepts. But precisely because we've related exactly quantum information um, and classical information, there'll be a possibility to address these questions uh, on a more um, solid ground. We are searching for a quantum computer in a too undirected way. We don't have a sophisticated theory about uh, what to search for and uh, what are the um, features of quantum physics that we need in order to power the quantum computer. Of course, we know how a quantum computer works, but 
that's different from knowing uh, what are the features of a quantum system that you must get right in a lab in order for it to work as a quantum computer. And um, my guess is that the reason why we haven't yet managed to find a viable um, realization of a universal quantum computer is that uh, we are lacking this um, broader and, and more encompassing view of uh, how quantum information actually works. And uh, so, in a way, Constructor Theory is working towards improving on that. It's a radical idea, and uh, we are working very hard to um, uh, making it understood by the scientific community. And um, the, the plan is that, well, the fundamental thing is we'd like to apply it to problems that haven't been solved so far and show by uh, this that actually it, it works. Because at the moment people are just wondering whether, you know, they, they, they're saying it might work, um, let's see. And um, we, we are actually, I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving a few talks around the world and uh, uh, Dave is also going to lecture about that. Um, we, are, we are hoping to persuade uh, the scientific community that this is a worthwhile approach by showing that it can solve problems that couldn't be solved before. And uh, so that's all we're up to now. So the theory is uh, still in its um, first stage, and so we are. Um, the short-term plan is, as I said, to apply it to as many problems as possible and show that it can make a difference. Um, there are actually interesting questions related to, for instance, the origin of life, to the um, um, question of fine-tuning of the laws of physics that could be um, benefiting from a constructive theoretic approach and uh, we've had some uh, interesting uh, comments from other groups in, in the world working on these things, um, uh, such as Paul Davis's group, um, saying that constructive theory seems very promising in this regard. And so, uh, you know, if, if it turns out to be working, then more and more people be, will be using it and uh, that's what we're hoping for. Um, I've had a um, unconventional path in, in uh, physics. I, I'm, a, I'm a theoretical physicist, I'm a quantum physicist. I, I've been studying in uh, Turin, I got my master's there in actually physical engineering and then I moved to Oxford for this uh, PhD in um, uh, quantum computing with Arthur Eckert. And there is where I met David uh, during my PhD. and. Uh, we started collaborating on uh, constructor theory, and um, since the collaboration was very fruitful, we decided to extend it after the IFU, and uh, so here I am. I'm now working on constructor theory together with David. I suppose mm, during my IFU, David was uh, very much like a, I mean, he, he was a mentor, and uh, he was actually. Uh, rather remarkable experience uh, to interact uh, with him and working together on, on this new exciting project. And now the, I'm, I'm now, uh, you know, sort of the thing has evolved naturally into this wonderful collaboration. And uh, we are hoping that this will be, uh, you know, fruitful and this will be uh, capable of delivering this new theory of uh, fundamental physics. As I said, so constructor theory informs the experiments in uh, 
and I'm in not a direct way because it doesn't make predictions directly, but it provides principles. So just like you would go about testing um, certain principles, like such as the conservation of energy, or um, you you can in fact indirectly test the constructor theory by testing the theories that obey it. Yes, it's a meta level, uh, but the proposal is that science is also that meta level, uh, and the principles of physics, uh, such as the principles of thermodynamics, the principle of, uh, you know, some of the constructor theoretic principles, maybe, are part of our, uh, of, of fundamental physics, and uh, because there's a way of testing them, and uh, because they inform discoveries of future theories, too, because future theories uh, must obey those principles, and uh, so that's why they are part of science.